What's up, brother? How we doing today, man? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, should be a pretty good show. Uh, my boy Johnny Signorella and Kevin Perry. This is another episode of KO Nation Boxing. And uh, we, we got some good stuff to talk about today. Uh, we're going to go over uh, recap. Spence versus Garcia. That was the big fight this last weekend. Uh, give me some the background on what, what you saw um, we, we know Spence came off that vicious uh, accident that he went through and he put on a pretty good performance uh, give, give me a little bit of your thoughts on that John I think better than ever and it was great to see that I've always been an Earl Spence fan uh, seeing him come off of that you know terrible terrible car crash and you know a year later during COVID survive and actually thrive in a boxing competition against one of the top players at 147. Now, Danny Garcia, we know, you know, no disrespect, not to poo-poo on him. He's not a world beater. Every single time he steps up to high-level opposition, um, a la, you know, we look back to Keith Thurman. You know, we look back to many other people. Even uh, Mauricio Herrera, you know, I thought won that fight when he broke, in my opinion, Danny Garcia's nose in the 12th round. So not to take anything away from the amazing accomplishments that Earl Spence did by beating someone like Danny Garcia, who's very beatable at the high level um, when he faces the high level. But for me, what Earl Spence did recovering, listen, he made a mistake. Luckily, he did not get hurt. You know, he got hurt, but he didn't you know, get tremendously hurt uh, where it's career and life changing. Luckily, he did not hurt anyone in, you know, on the road that night. No pedestrians, no animals or anything that we know of, of course, right? So the fact that he was able to put himself in great conditioning mentally and physically and look at his shape going into that fight. It, I don't know if you noticed it, Kev. I'm going to ask you this question. He looked leaner and just like – he just looked better to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting you say that. Uh, I, actually, when I, when I saw um... – some of the shots of the weigh-in and uh, stuff before the fight. I mean, he, he looked really lean, so it was kind of a little bit, uh, how would you say? Um, concerned. I was concerned. Yeah, concerned that he might be a little bit overtrained, but he, he definitely looked uh, he looked excellent. And I kind of pretty much saw what he normally does. He goes in there, and my, my whole perception was, is he going to box? Or is he going to go out there and slug it out? And I thought he kind of mixed a little bit of that stuff in there, and he had Danny confused pretty much the whole time. He, he used his jab real good. He was doubling up on the jab. Um, he would kind of keep Danny Garcia at a range where Danny Garcia could not really counter him all that effectively. Uh, you, you could see, though, Garcia was making some little adjustments here and there as the fight went on. He was had some pretty good uh, jabs to the body. He was kind of trying to get into the fight. And I kind of saw what Spence did was once you, you saw Garcia kind of gaining a little bit of ground, he took it away. Uh, he would go inside and he'd dig those nasty body shots. He'd be moving uh, at certain angles where Garcia would have to reset a lot. So um, it, it was definitely very impressive uh, from what I saw. And uh, I was, I was very impressed and, Obviously, before the fight started, uh, you, you were just a little bit concerned that, you know, the um, the accident was going to have somewhat of an effect. I, I just I didn't really see it, but he, he did say at the end of the fight he, he got a little bit uh, uh, tired in the last maybe three, four rounds. But but obviously the amount of um, pressure and volume he was doing, I mean, that was that was going to happen. So I was very impressed overall by the performance. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I was concerned about a couple of things going in. The obvious, the accident that we all talk about, and it's, <clears throat> excuse me, highly documented. And another thing is, too, going into the fight, like we saw at the weigh-in, like you mentioned, great point. When I saw him look so lean, I was like, maybe did he overtrain for this? You know, I mean, maybe did he want this too much because of how much he has to prove? And psychologically, that had to have a big factor on him because we all know guys out there when we had our drunken nights and we do something stupid. Let's face facts. We've all done things stupid, but you get depressed afterwards, especially if you're going to do something like, unfortunately, Earl Spence was involved in. 
where you could almost die or kill somebody. Those are high consequences. He's a human being. So I was wondering if he was trying too hard. And then I noticed, like you said, you hit the great, great point there when you mentioned about he would tire later on down the stretch, no matter what. Because, again, like I was mentioning, this is an Earl Spence that we had seen uh, last Saturday night that was probably the most aggressive he's ever been. And against the top guy, he did. He tried to get Danny Garcia out of there. He didn't let him get off the hook. Like you said, he had a great jab. He was going down to the body. He was cutting the ring off. Danny Garcia did not want to engage. Once he realized, okay, this is not, you know, a post-mortem accident victim in Earl Spence here. This is a guy that's highly motivated and highly capable of, you know, coming to fight tonight. And once Danny Garcia sniffed that out in about the second or third round, the fight changed. And I, I think, you know, my boy Billy C said this yesterday when I did a show with him. Um, he had a pretty much a sweep. All 12. Now, I gave Danny two rounds, but it goes to show you with Spence, I mean, you know, you look at this, he won at least 10 rounds of that fight. Some, arguably, it could be all of them. And, you know, picking up right where he left off a, a year prior, right a month before his accident, you know, he fought Sean Porter. I would love to see them run that back. That was very close. Um, obviously, the world wants Terrence Crawford and Spence, but there's at least four fights at welterweight. I should say four fighters at welterweight that are the most intriguing to me. The aforementioned Earl Spence, Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter, and of course, even though he's old, Manny Pacquiao. I mean, he put a whooping on Thurman. Yeah. So, what? Let's see what we get, Kev. Yeah, it's. I mean, it was definitely. Um, it, it was one of those where there was, a, I mean, it wasn't the greatest fight in the world, but there, there was definitely a lot of intrigue there. Um, congratulations to Errol Spence on um, defending uh, his, his two titles he has with the IBF and the WBC welterweight crowns. Yep. And, and congratu uh, big congratulations, big, big ups. I mean, even though it was a self-inflicted, you know, condition he put himself in with, you know, throwing, you know, uh, himself in the harm's way, reckless abandonment, you know, people make mistakes, but it's how you recover. Like Evander, the great Evander Holyfield says, it's always about how you recover. You know, um, again, luckily nobody got hurt. I mean, he obviously suffered some lacerations and, and all that. But to come back from that kind of, again, the psychology, I'm no psychologist, but just, I mean, to, to go back to that level. And during COVID, where there's not a lot of marquee names willing to fight, this man put himself back in condition and, you know, I don't know if he still drinks or not. I mean, everyone's unable to have a drink here and there if that's okay with their health and they could keep it together. But I really think that he's been on the straight and narrow. And uh, I, I expect very good things from Earl Spence. Let me ask you a question, Kev. What do you think happens? Okay, now these are all hypotheticals. We're going to go hypothetical round. Earl Spence, based on what you saw and what you saw from Terrence Crawford the last time Crawford fought, who do you th this is the fight everyone wants to talk about. Who do you think would win that fight? Uh, I, I don't know. It's 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 kind of hard to say because um, I think both guys need um, – I want to see Terrence Crawford in there with uh, an, another top welterweight. Not, not somebody like Kel Brook where Brook hadn't fought at the weight for a while. I want to see him fight somebody like a Sean Porter. And then I want to see Errol Spence um, fight Manny Pacquiao. And then um, I, I think the fight, I, I know people are really complaining about these guys not fighting, but right now with the pandemic going on, I think both guys um, need to build their profile a little bit. I, I really think it's a little bit premature. I understand people's, uh, they're very eager to see it. Um, but but I, I don't think either guy is very well known to the mainstream. So I definitely think, so for example, if uh, Errol Spence winds up beating Manny Pacquiao, and he does an impressive fashion, that will make him a much bigger star, and it'll make the fight with him and Terrence Crawford a much bigger fight. So I think people need to be a little bit, uh, have a little bit more patience, and obviously with the amount of money that both guys are uh, feel that they deserve for the fight, I think it needs to be built up slightly a little bit more, obviously. Um, this last weekend, he had 19,000 fans, but I think once, hopefully, when it gets to the point where we can have um, 
fans in the arenas, in any arena where there's more options, I think we need to kind of wait till the end of 2021 for that fight. And people need to just kind of settle down with their eagerness. I think it's going to happen. Um, so, but obviously, uh, if they do fight, I'm kind of leaning a little bit towards uh, Terrence Crawford just for the fact that he's been very impressive in all, all of his fights. I mean, he's pretty much he lost a couple of rounds here and there, but the rounds he's lost has been more rounds where he was kind of trying to figure out his opponent. He would just kind of like they Tim Bradley would say, um, using his computer or computing, you know, just trying to figure out what his opponent's going to do. And once he figures you out, I mean, he takes you out. So he, He's a master of the downloading the content. Like, you could see it. Even in his last fight with Cal Brock, you saw it with Terrence Crawford. Like, after two rounds, you, you all of a sudden saw this – you know, different guys. Like, I got you, bro. I, I I know how to beat you, you know? And I like your scenario of a kind of like, you know, a tournament, if you will. Like, Terrence Crawford versus Sean Porter, that's an amazing test because Sean Porter, first of all, I love him. And by the way, guys, one of the best dressed Sean, Sean, Sean Porter is like um, the truth machine for a fighter. So if you can exactly. beat him, then that really shows a lot because he's not going to let you – kind of take take any breaks and he's a great commentator and you also one of the best dressed people on the planet brother but outside of all that he's a hard-ass fighter like you said man he's like a linebacker he will press you and sometimes it's sloppy sometimes it's crazy sometimes it's supremely unorthodox tradition but it works for him you know and all the fights that he's lost you know he's pretty much been in the conversation of those fights and I think we haven't seen the best Sean Porter yet, which is scary to think about. So if we happen to get the best Sean Porter against Terrence Crawford, I like Porter's style. I'm not saying he's going to beat Terrence well, can, Crawford. Can I, can, I, can I add something to just the original question that you Go ahead. Yep. Who I think is going to win? I think that the most, um, the most intriguing thing about that fight to me is the style that Errol Spence has. He makes – He's going to make Terrence Crawford have to fight. That, that's my assumption. And Terrence Crawford is such a slow starter that I think that might be um, where you're going to figure out if Terrence Crawford's going to beat him. If the, Errol Spence can kind of do what he does to most opponents where he controls him with the jab, um, he's usually in control as far as like the punch output. And he can kind of keep Crawford's hands at home where Crawford is all – always having to think about what Errol Spence is doing. I think that's the intrigue in the fight where if Errol Spence can consistently do that with not, you know, um, not getting hit by Terrence Crawford and Terrence Crawford is um, hands are at home a lot. That's where I think he can win the fight. If, um, if you let Crawford kind of give him too much time to kind of download the information, then that's where, you know, uh, I, I think Errol Spence will be in a little bit of, of trouble, but he's obviously the, the bigger welterweight. Uh, the weight issue as far as Errol Spence, um, if he makes the weight comfortably, because he seems like he's really about to be out of the weight class. I mean, he's, I don't know if he's struggling to make weight, but he seems like real, real thin for like his frame. So Very thin. I only yep. see two more fights for him at welterweight. So, um, I think definitely fighting Manny Pacquiao first would be um, – I mean, it would be terrible if he lost, obviously. But Stylistically, I think that, yeah. I I think think that um, Porter is, is a little bit better of an opponent for Terrence Crawford because his bullying style, the aggression, you know, you can't really – it's not traditional. So Terrence Crawford, we talk about downloading content. He's very traditional. He could read things that are done in the boxing dictionary and encyclopedia. Sean Porter, that stuff doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, it's it's only Sean Porter, you know, his encyclopedia, his dictionary. Um, I think it would be a great fight between the two of them. Uh, I'd like to see that. Obviously, for me, I think Terrence Crawford would ultimately take out Spence in regard to that fight. I think it would be an amazing fight. I think it would be great for boxing. I do agree with you that Earl Spence and Manny Pacquiao would be great. So if we have a dream world scenario, guys, we're talking about the dream world of boxing. 
okay, for the diehards. You know, right now I'm going to have to agree with Kevin with what he was saying is that I think Terrence Crawford versus Sean Porter and Spence versus Pacquiao, those are the fights at 147. Those are the four guys. I mean, there's other guys there. There's people coming in. We all know about that. But these are the ones that are going to make the world go round. And if they're going to charge pay-per-view, these are the fights that we will pay for. Yeah, because, I mean, these last few these last few pay-per-views, you, you know me. I mean, I, I, I'm not buying them. I mean, I'm, I'm not buying but I would pay no. for, But I would pay for Pacquiao and um, Errol Spence. Hell yeah. That's, that's kind of a passing of the torch. Sean Take my Porter money. and Terrence Crawford. I would probably pay. I'll probably pay for that, or or you know what? I'll make you pay for it. I'll, I'll just. I'll, I'll you come over the house. Yeah. You bring beer. I'll pay for the fight. But, but that's but that's <laughs> that's. I don't. I guess it depends. If it's a hundred dollars, I don't know. But seventy five, I think in that range is seems a little bit more reasonable. Um, yeah, man. But anyways, uh, great fight fight by Spence this weekend. Danny Garcia. I mean, where does he go from here? Just, just, just briefly. Give, give, give me uh, thirty seconds. Where you think? Uh, what, what's his next move? Should, gatekeeper, should, gatekeeper should, for whoever's coming in, the up and coming. Should he just hang it up or what? No, he could still make money. He could do his two fights a year. Um, I think at this point he's going to be in, ended up being a gatekeeper, like uh, whoever's coming up. Or, or, uh, how, how, how about Garcia versus Garcia? It's interesting in the title in itself, but uh, Mikey Garcia, I don't know. I mean, you know, Danny Garcia could hit really hard. Mikey's got a, a you know a good set uh, a skill set to him, so I, I, it's an interesting fight. I, I think that honestly, it's a fight that it, it would probably make the most sense for both of them in a lot of ways because I don't consider Danny Garcia. I'm sorry, I don't consider Mikey Garcia a natural. 147 pounder but danny garcia i do and i think danny garcia is used to fighting at that weight he was better at 140 there's no mistaking about that uh but i I just think that danny would would have the advantage and i don't know if mikey gets hurt in that fight though and danny's best opportunity would be to stop him right so because mike one thing about mikey he's showing great skill set but he also has a good chin right yeah i mean it's interesting but 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 anyways uh, what's 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 the next topic here? Well, for me, I'm looking forward to Canelo versus Smith coming up um, at the end of December. I think it's the biggest fight in the calendar. Yes, we do have Joshua and Pulev this weekend, oh, yeah. but Canelo, when Canelo fights, you know, it's uh, it's one of those big events. And the best part is that it's not on pay per view. Which I mean, the fans have been fleeced lately, right? I mean, you look at um, all the things that have been going on with the Jones and Tyson. Yes, it was entertaining, you know. And the uh, Spence and Garcia. Yes, it was entertaining, you know. But it's like during these times, especially in one pay per view after another. Now, Kevin, I get that they can't make the money in a lot of cases with no fans in attendance. In a lot of cases, some cases we do have attendance. But uh, like we did last weekend, we had we had attendance and it was still on pay-per-view. So here we go, getting fleeced by the fans. The zone, you know, cool. Finally, a really good fight. Um, my thoughts is that, you know, look at what Canelo's done recently, man. I mean, running through different weight classes, you know, uh, what was it? Back in November of 2019 when he laid out Sergey Kovalov and before that, you know, he yeah, got a unanimous no, decision against Jacobs. No, let, let me cut you off there. So that fight with Kovalov was kind of um how how, how would you say this? He dropped a missile on his head. No, it, it was it was it was smoking that fight was smoking mirrors to me and, and I'm gonna tell you why. Um, Kovalov was coming off a very difficult fight against uh, Anthony Yard, where uh, he almost got knocked out, and then Yard just ran out of gas and got and got KO'd. And then they signed that fight. I think Kovalov didn't even have any time to actually um, get any rest in between the fights. That's great matchmaking on behalf of Canelo. Yeah. So that was one of those <laughs> where – and then Kovalov kind of fought in a very defensive manner the whole time. I mean, 
Kovalov used to be considered just like a killer. And then all of a sudden, yeah. he's fighting Canelo, a naturally smaller guy, and he's just sitting there throwing jabs. I mean, I never saw him throw a right hand um, at all. I mean, no, the there was no fight. right hand at all so in that fight. That was – I wouldn't uh, – Smith, I think, is going to be a more formidable opponent. The only problem with Smith, Smith is in a similar situation um, to Kovalov. Hasn't had a whole lot of time to prepare. I heard he's been in the gym for um, anticipating that he was going to get this payday, along with probably five or six other fighters. So we don't know how much he's been in the gym, but according to his team, he's been in the gym, he's been training. Um, so he's going to come and prepare, but he's kind of one of those op- opponents where he's very tall, he's very lanky, and Canelo throws those vicious body shots. Um, he's gotten better as far as, um, you know, using those earmuff defense. He comes in there and, um, you know, he knows how to duck and slip. And Smith's last fight against John Ryder, I mean, he, he just looked terrible to me. So if you had to ask me who's going to win, I mean, well, well, you know, if it goes to the scorecards, I mean, you know who's going to win. So, But, but anyways, like, give me your thoughts, John. Well, you know, I, I think Canelo has been doing a great job of late, like I said, going back and forth between weight classes, showing explosive power, taking on names. I mean, if you look at, you know, the battery of work over the past few years, whether it's Kovalov, Jacobs, uh, Golovkin twice, you know, uh, there, there's been guys there, of course, uh, Miguel Cotto, you got to give props to that. You know, that that goes back a ways, but still it was uh, – an impressive victory. Now for Callum Smith to break him down, guys, it's like you look at the last fight with John Ryder. It was okay. Um, you know, he didn't look impressive. Some people actually thought that Smith lost the fight. Styles makes fights, but then if you look at the prior uh, two fights in, in front of that, including a big victory over George Groves, who obviously has seen better days, but whatever, they were KOs. Um, the guy has power, like you said, Kev. He has size. He comes. Callum Smith does from a fighting family. He comes from a family that boxes and some are better than others. Not every, there's always going to be runts in the litter and I'm not going to name the names, but the bottom line is, is that this guy comes from fighting. Um, he's in the biggest opportunity of his life. There's no doubt about it. The biggest stage ever. Well, well, he's got well, plus, well, plus John, um, he actually, uh, his brother fought Canelo. So he's actually probably right. had some time to at least study him quite a bit. Right. And it's almost like a John Claude Van Damme movie. Like you beat up my brother. Now I must get revenge. (laughs) That's kind of like what it is. Movies in a long time. Is that that how he talks? No, how he talks is more like in double impact. Never in my life would I ever wear black silk underwear. (laughs) <laughs> more like uh, Drago to me, but anyway. Yeah, I always sound Russian for some reason. And then sometimes I go like leprechaun and it's weird and Irish. It's I'm all over the place. The only thing I could do really good is Italian over here. <laughs> but um, I think that, you know, Callum Smith, he's also unbeaten. He's got a decent knockout percentage. Uh, it should be interesting. I think this is the one of the better, more lively opponents for, like you it's mentioned. Um, it's definitely interesting to me. The, the only issue I have is he just hasn't fought a whole lot of world-class opposition. So, oh yeah, uh, George Groves, but but we know George Groves. He you know he's he got knocked out twice. I mean, mm-hmm. viciously uh, the second time against Carl Frost. That first fight was kind of an early stoppage. He looked really good then, but. He's kind of had his ups and downs uh, in his career. And if you could pull time. that up on the screen, that'd be amazing for people to see. Like oh, wow. <laughs> his legs sprawled out. I mean, I don't. I don't mean to put you at extra work over there, but that that is uh, the, oh, the way he broke. fell over his knee, his leg. It, oh my god! Like look at this. Like Amanda Stewart would say, you know, look at it. It's it's crazy. Yeah. So it's. But, but besides um, George Groves, I mean, can you really name any legitimate no. world-class opponents? So, I mean, I, no. sometimes I, I feel some of these guys, I mean, I, I don't know how many fights, what, what his record is, but I believe he has about 20-something fights. He's really fought too many top fighters, so. He's at 27-0 with 19 KOs, but like you said, there there is no top fighter um, 
outside of you know George Groves, who at the time wasn't a top fighter. Uh, but you know, respect and, and, to George Groves. But has he ever fought? Has he ever fought in the United States? Or uh, I, I believe this fight is going to be in uh, Texas. Uh, this fight coming up is going to be in Texas. Yeah, San Antonio. And has he ever fought in the states? Yeah, he fought at the Garden once before. Uh, Hasim Nagandu, uh, Nagam rather, and that that's really the extent. I mean, most of it's UK. He he's traveled across. I'm going through his record right now. Um, he's traveled across the pond uh, once before. I mean. You know, it's a, it's not a big stage to zone. There's a lot of factors into that. That's a great point. Like, how often did you fight in America? But it's weird because how much of a crowd do we know about? Because, you know, it's like the thing about traveling to another country is not only, like, how well do you acclimate or how well do you settle in, and it's also how well do the people perceive you and receive you. So if he's in an arena that's empty, which I don't think it will be, I'm, I'm just – I, don't, I, don't think it's, I think there's going to be fans there, but I think right. that part of the issue is, especially with this pandemic going on, there's so many restrictions and weird rules now. So uh, oh, yeah, you don't even know what the hell to do anymore when you go out at a specific time. Then they're going to put him in some type of bubble environment that's going to probably make <laughs> him very uncomfortable. I just, I mean, yeah. to me, it's like the deck is already was stacked against him if there was no pandemic, and now there's the pandemic. I, I just don't see uh, very many advantages for him here. I mean, his boxing mm-hmm. ability, his punching power um, are definitely advantages that he has, his reach and his height. But if Canelo could handle somebody with the punching power of a Gennady Golovkin, I, I don't think Smith is going to really present anything that he hasn't seen before. And then obviously he fought Sergey Kovalov, who is – you know, a, a taller, rangier guy with punching power. Obviously, a guy kind of on the back end of his career. But uh, but I think that obviously makes... Um, oh, that's that a great point. Of, you know, his punch resistance. Fight. So, I mean, he's probably at this point, even in, in, including uh, in the gym, he, he's seen everything. So, I don't, I don't think Smith is going to present anything that's going to make him all that uncomfortable. Um, the punch resistance, absolutely. You know, and, and, and he's seen it all faced Mayweather. I mean, he learned a lot because, I mean, we saw Canelo adapt and change after that. And then obviously there was some, you know, questionable, you know, wins that he got against like Israel and Lara was one of them. But, you know, uh, he's shown growth. It's great that you brought that up. Uh, That's like invaluable experience, you know, fighting a guy that is so difficult to fight, a, a boxer mover, when you're somebody who likes to come forward and you know, throw body shots, and you got a guy that's basically, um, you basically got to chase him down. You know, it's like the uh, the hare and the rabbit. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and speaking oh, about sorry, the tortoise and the hare, I'm sorry. There you go. No, I, I got it. Uh, the thing is, um, with Canelo, I think he'll win this fight. I know that he's had great training and sparring. I happen to know someone on a very personal level, a fighter, Ronald Ellis, who's actually. Ronald's going to fight this weekend on Showtime uh, coming out of Connecticut. Um, the broadcast will be he's a super middleweight fighter. He's also a sparring partner and stablemate of Canelo. And, uh, you know, he's going to be taking on Matev Korobov, which uh, I'm looking forward to because that's a hell of a test for my boy Ronald. And, Kev, let me just tell you about my boy Ronald. Like, his record, 17-1, two draws. he got 11 KOs. He, here's a guy that is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in the sport of boxing. He's a family man. He's mad cool, um, funny, and he comes from a great stable of awesome people. We're talking, hangs out around Buddy McGirt, uh, Rachel Charles, uh, sheer management, and I'm not getting paid to say this, people. These are just people I love, and I've embraced them. I've become great friends with them. I've actually uh, interviewed a lot of fighters from that stable. And, Kevin, let me tell you something. This is what boxing needs more. These people are like a family. They go shopping at Target together. They go hiking together. They all go running together. They do things together. They have holiday dinners together. Like, that is what made Mike Tyson Mike Tyson with Customato. Um, you know, Emmanuel Stewart, when he took in fighters and pretty much adopted them like their, their sons. This is what the sport really needs. 
um, and less of the other side of the sport where it's like social media and negativity and blaming promoters or managers. Like these are good people that are involved in the sport. So props to Ronald. I know you're going to kick ass on Saturday night, brother. I'll be on my show next week. Um, and hopefully I have Rachel on and a lot of other fighters from that stable because these guys are taking over um, because they got the right head and the right approach. Family. Family is everything. Word, John. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely um, looking forward to see how, how he does uh, this fight. Um, I'm not too familiar with him, but he's obviously an upcoming guy and he's somebody that you know pretty well. And, you know, uh, we, we wish him all the best. Um, would, would, and definitely it's a good platform. I'm really looking forward oh, to yeah. getting some of these old guys out and these new guys in. And um, the thing with boxing, I think the problem is we really want to build these guys. But, for example, um, I was just kind of looking at his record. I think he was, what, 17-1-2? That's correct, yeah. People nowadays, they see a guy with one loss and a couple of draws, and they want to write him off. I think we really need to put things in perspective, give guys opportunities, Um if you fight good fighters, I was looking at a guy on box rec uh, earlier today, and the guy was 22 wins and 21 losses. And when I looked at the, the 21 losses, out of the 21 losses of probably about like 18 of them were against undefeated guys. And he probably went uh, the distance with all those guys. <laughs> so in boxing, sometimes people can be like, actually like a great fighter. And they would act, so mm-hmm. if that guy fought 40 stiffs, he'd be 40 and 0, but he actually fought 20 really good, solid prospects, probably lost all of them, like, very, you know, competitively. And now he's 22 and 20, so that makes him look like... It's the, the most guy. unforgiving sport. Yeah, it's just, it's just really ridiculous. It's like, um, in this sport, if you don't have the right connections kind of be relegated to a certain position some fighters are okay with just coming in there like okay um i'm a solid opponent they kind of get in the opponent mindset they're there to get a check they're going to do just enough not to win the fight but people need to put things in perspective um there's a lot of great fighters who don't have shiny glossy records and that's the product of uh, matchmaking the product of who's kind of in your corner who's managing your career um, and sometimes you see big upsets because sometimes people overlook those kind of guys. You know, there, there's a, a fighter um, you're probably familiar with. I'm trying to remember his name who gave every fighter a tough fight. I'm, I'm trying to remember what his name is. Uh, Darnell Boone. You, you, you familiar with him? Mm-hmm. Similar type of guy. So when you see these upcoming guys, you see them have a loss or two. Don't write them off. No, look at guys like Mickey Ward, and and give give me uh, help me out here the drunken master Augustus, yeah, like you know, they they put you through hell, and and that's like you know I think what Danny Garcia is going to be, but I don't think he's going to be that capable, you know, to bookend that. Um, I don't think Danny's going to be that guy. Like if you went and saw like towards the end of the career, like you're facing Orlando Salido at his end of his career, you're still going through hell because you know that that guy only knows how to fight one way. And whether he's got it that night or not, he's still going to bring it and he's going to see what you have and what you don't have. So you better bring what you have to face a guy like that. So those type of guys that we're mentioning um, are certainly guys that are really, really tough to take out. Also talking about bookends, the thing with Canelo – um, I love the way he's uh, just he has a hybrid now of different styles, versatility. He's got a great jab, awesome reflexes. His defense has certainly improved. He's got that explosive missile right hand that he likes to you know throw out there. What I like about Canelo, I don't know if you guys ever noticed this, and uh, this is an observation I have, is that Canelo will do things very traditionally and fundamentally. He'll do a double jab. He'll do some body shots. He'll throw a lot of straight shots, maybe some looping to the body, but not much to the head. But every once in a while, he'll just check and see if you're paying attention to an overhand right, which is like a barroom brawl shot, if you guys don't know the, the, the term. And he does that at the right time. 
And that to me shows intelligence and, and a setup in his plan. I studied this man. I wanted to hate him for a lot of reasons, being the whole clambuterol and whatever, you know. Uh, but he's definitely earned my respect. And if you look at his method to his madness, there is certainly a method to his madness. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about that. Um, and that's that's uh, de- December nineteenth. Uh, yes, correct. Uh, December nineteenth. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to close out this uh, crazy year, and uh, you know, a um, lot of more uh, shows to come by way of me and Kevin, and uh, hopefully a lot of good boxing. And we're getting better, guys. We're starting to get names, so that that's a start, right? So the the next one's up. Uh, this is this weekend. Right. Yeah. Uh, Joshua versus. Oh, Pulev. Just okay. use that one. It's easier that way. <laughs> I'm, I'm not all that uh, high on this bout, but obviously, uh, I wouldn't call it a tune-up fight because I think he's a mandatory challenger to one of Joshua's titles. He's what the IBF and WBO. There's just way too many belts now. There's too many belts. You can't I, I keep up with it. It's impossible. Legitimate heavyweight champion. And Joshua is a little bit behind them, um, but but this is this is a fight that Joshua cannot he cannot afford to look lackluster. I mean, he's got to really look impressive here, just because this could. So, if Joshua wins here and he fights Tyson Fury, th- that might be one of the biggest heavyweight fights. I mean, Ever. probably the biggest heavyweight fight in UK history. Uh, absolutely, I, no I, doubt UK. I mean, I can see that fight doing... Um, I mean, obviously in the UK, it's going to be huge. It's gonna Enormous. It, the biggest fight you can make I in, know, in... I don't know how many tickets it will sell in the United States as far as um, pay-per-view buys, but I think it could do about a million US pay-per-view buys. I, I really think so. What would it you, depends. What you think about... Well, actually, before we... Because I'm kind of going... Um, way beyond myself here, but what do you think about this fight with Joshua and Pulev? Do you think Pulev is going to put up a good effort, or is he just going to be the fall guy here? Well, you know, again, we were talking about before opportunities with Callum Smith. You have a situation where now we have a fighter in, in Pulev who, who has been there, done that. He's got the big loss and the biggest fight of his life, if you guys don't know. It was against Vladimir Kalichko back in 2014. So you have a situation where this guy gets a second chance. How many second chances do we get in life? Well, not many. Now he's got one, a big one. And I'm going to say at a very opportune time, Kev, I'm going to explain why. Outside of Kalichko, Pulev has never fought anyone. I hate to say any boxer is not anyone, but never fought like a, a high class, high quality name. Let's put it that way. Um, and But he has won all of his other fights. Yeah, pull the record up for people to see for sure. So you got a situation where this guy comes in and this is a this is the second opportunity you want you want me to bring up uh, Pulev's record you want me to pull up Andy? no I got it but um you know the bottom line is is that this is an opportunity for him to come in and see what Joshua's like because we got to look at now you got the Joshua record up okay guys the first two things I want you to look at there is well I'm sorry that's the second two two and three okay on the list is Andy Ruiz twice he's accustomed to facing the same fighter two fights in a row now he made significant adjustments in the second fight even though we had a very oh, complacent he made, he, made, he made excellent adjustments i mean he um he pretty much resorted to stinking the joint out to win so right but, which which was bad for the fans but it was great for him it showed that like he figured out what he needed to uh, to do to win the fight Right. He didn't just like get over anxious anytime he landed a good shot. He landed a good shot, he'd get himself out of there. He, he remembered what he did wrong the first fight. So that yeah. was something that showed that he grew as a fighter. Even though, obviously, if you're um, the first fight with him and Ruiz, I mean, that was a barn burner. So it was great for the fans. But oh, that was an amazing fight. I could not believe what I was seeing. It, it, it didn't turn out too well for Anthony Joshua, though. So 
I understand. No, it, it really didn't. And and I knew that Andy was going to bring some fireworks. But talking about this one in the first fight, at least the second fight, I was like, I don't know, man. He's eating sushi off strippers. Like, I mean, it's not a good look, dude. And you're traveling all the way from where you're at in America all the way to the Mideast. It just I'm like, this ain't a good look. And I had a feeling Joshua was going to win. Not taking anything away from Joshua, but here's what's up. My, my point is that. You know, Pulov's in a very good situation. He's getting that second chance, which is very important. And Joshua's now facing a different opponent than he had in his recent couple fights. Um, had a couple tough ones along the way, too. I'm I mean, pull up uh, Pulov's record real quick. Um, give me a little bit of an analysis on uh, Kubrat Pulov here, uh, his record and kind of what you see in um, some of his previous uh, opponents. He, be, he beat a lot of guys that were good guys. Like, I'm talking, like, boxing after dark guys on HBO back in the day or, you know, guys that were entertaining. But we're talking entertaining 10 years ago. What do I mean by that? Kevin Johnson, Samuel Peter, you know, uh, Chisora to a certain level. I still give that guy a lot of respect. I, th I think he's got a lot of pop. Uh, Maurice Harris, you know, um, he, he he's beaten guys that are have not really proven themselves to be – you know, great world class. His his only real significant opponent, uh, Vladimir Klitschko, he he got knocked out in five rounds. So, yeah, yeah I remember that. I, that was I, the remember that Klitschko right hand. You know, they, yeah. they, they had but, 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 real quick. He did he did make a pretty good account of himself. The um, the, the, the 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 Klitschkos had great nicknames. The best nicknames. In boxing history, in my opinion, guys, is Tommy Hearns. He had two, the Motor City Cobra. <laughs> like, how? I mean, come on, that's one of the best ones ever. Um, the Kalichko brothers, Doctor Iron Fist, and a Steel Hammer. I mean, it, it's amazing, dude. You know, the Hitman Hearns, uh, the Motor City Cobra. I mean, th those, those are whatever happened to good nicknames, Kevin? Ah. Uh. I, Where'd I, they I, go? I, I like Teofimo's. Uh, it's his nickname, the Takeover. I think that's pretty brilliant. That's a good one. That's that, a good it's one. Definitely like kind of giving yourself. I mean, it's putting yourself out there. But but that guy put himself out there, and he's he's pretty much reached almost reached the mountaintop already. So yeah. More, more more power to him. There's, so there's my thought. The Hispanic causing panic. You remember that? That's one? a good one. That's a really good one. That's a good one. So to put a bow tie on Joshua Pulev, guys, what I think is that Joshua will win. It's just intriguing, in my opinion, because Pulev, you know, he's decent. He's been there. Um, it's really a matter of how Joshua adapts to another opponent because, you know, if you go back to uh, to watching or looking at Joshua's record or watching his past couple fights before the Andy Ruiz fight, he fought Povetkin, Joseph Parker, Carlos Takam, Kalichko. And that's where I want to stop right now is because I want to say I still feel that that Kalichko fight took a little piece out of that man that night. And rightfully so, because that was you talk about a barn burner. What the I gotta say, what the fuck? Because that fight, I'll never forget it. both guys going down. Joshua significantly hurt by another Kalichko right hand. Bang, that comes in. He gets his ass up, and that's what Joshua does. Even despite what happened with Andy Ruiz, Kev, when he got his ass up, I was like, look at him. You could tell his equilibrium was off. He was completely discombobulated. He had no legs whatsoever, but he showed balls. I think that's what he learned, though, from those two fights. Because even the Klitschko fight um, – he gassed himself trying to knock him out. He, he didn't understand the pacing. Luckily, he made it out of that fight. I mean, I, I almost thought he was going to get knocked out because I he, thought he was getting knocked out. Yeah. Um, he almost had Klitschko out of there, and then uh, Klitschko knocked him down, and somehow he, uh, Klitschko let him off the hook somehow. He got too methodical. Klitschko and, got um, too analytical. Klitschko's he, not really known for being a seek and destroy finisher. So he Absolutely. Got, and Andy Ruiz caught him with a really good shot and Andy Ruiz kind of probably had his number a little bit and I, I think um, Joshua just never recovered in that fight yep. and Andy Ruiz is, has 
was a younger guy. He had a little bit of a different approach. And because uh, he had the quick hands, he's a shorter guy. Um, shorter heavyweights, I notice, are um, usually very difficult to kind of gauge. You know, if you're a big guy. Oh, hell yeah. And you, you got a guy kind of coming underneath you. Those are punches a lot of times I think bigger heavyweights they don't see. Definitely Absolutely. See you see a Absolutely. lot of taller heavyweights get knocked out against shorter kind of squat guys. They, they come That's in with shots that, that are very difficult to kind of gauge where they're coming Absolutely. And, and these are the, the, the fights, people, that we're all looking forward to. Um, you know, other fights of note uh, running through the schedule right now. Um, you got Triple G the night before Canelo facing someone I've never heard of. I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy, Kevin. If we've never heard of anyone, uh, you know, combined, then we've got a problem here. heard of him, he's getting knocked out. That, that's my... Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to... Think what? That. The only, the only fighter that I remember um, in previous memory that I never heard of that went in there and just blew the guy away was uh, Joe Smith against Andres Bonfar. You remember that? I do remember that. His name was Joe Smith. You saw him on a piece of paper, and you're like, this guy is just going to get slaughtered. I mean, <laughs> what, what did Pedro used to always say on Ring Talk when there's a to be announced? It's like to be annihilated. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's 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 definitely one that I remember, but that's match that uh, Triple G is fighting. I, I don't know anything about him, so I mean I don't know anything. Uh, I got nothing. He's a mandatory challenger, so you know these sanctioning bodies. I mean, you, some yeah. guys you don't understand how they become mandatories, but obviously if a guy I don't know way up and um, he gets the shot, you know it's you, you gotta either you gotta dump the belt or you gotta fight the guy. And, yeah, I, mean, I know people that are fighting in local gyms by name. Obviously, they're local gyms, or I could, like, you know, go online and, you know, find some kind of stream of some fight that's, you know, happening, you know, all across the world in UK at like one o'clock in the afternoon, my time. And I kind of recognize most of the names. I'm like, I, who the fuck is this guy? I think at, at this point, uh, uh, Golovkin is kind of in line for. I guess you could say a tune about him. I know it's just mandatory, but he mm-hmm. kind of deserves uh, an easy fight if, if you want to call it. I agree with you. No I agree with that. Easy, but, I mean, Canelo twice and then that fight against Derbachenko, I mean, that was just a war. So I think that, that was a hell of a fight. You're absolutely correct. That was this, this wow. Really, that, that Triple G is fighting. He's, I think, 21 and 0, but he only has five knockouts. So um, he doesn't seem like. A whole lot of a threat as far as power. Five knockouts against Triple G ain't going to get it done, brother. Yeah, so, so I kind of, <laughs> if you do kind of a, a tune-up or, you know, a kind of a gimme fight, and then I don't know where he goes from there because I don't see Canelo going back to 160, but I think I think uh, Golovkin's going to have to move up to 168, and then, um, and then there's going to be some excellent fights uh, just to kind of close the show out. Go uh, ahead, brother. 168 is loaded with some pretty good talent. Uh, Caleb Plant, um, mm-hmm. pretty good uh, champion, IBF champion. Very slick boxer. Done a whole lot yet, but he, he really looks like a good uh, upcoming younger fighter. Uh, David Benavidez, oh my God, I mean, that guy's a monster. So I would love to see him fight Canelo, if Canelo can get by, uh, by Smith uh, in a couple weeks. So. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely see. I mean, there's what, what other guys are around that weight class are you looking at, or um, just just to kind of close out here. I think uh, Caleb Plant is my favorite one. Um, I like his slickness. I like his responsibility, and I also like that he's grown in his last couple of fights to be a little bit more aggressive and more confident. And the aggressiveness comes with confidence. And if you're going to be a world champion. Um, especially out of division, like you mentioned, Kev, at 168, that has a lot of talent. And even the gatekeepers at that division has a lot of talent. You're going to have to have confidence to do that. Um, and he's he's called out publicly, Canelo. He's called this man out. And that requires a lot of balls. And real quick about Caleb Plant, his story is very touching, guys. Like, you know, not to sound like Mark Kriegel of ESPN here, but um, – he, he, you know, he lost a daughter at a very young age, 
and he continued to persevere and fight. And we started this show talking about persevering and fighting, what Earl Spence did. Yes, that was a bad decision he made, but he got himself out of the hole. You know, um, for in Caleb Plant's case, like he did not, you know, cause any of that, but he still had to get himself out of a hole. And Kevin, this is the best way to close out. This is why we like fighting, because it's all about getting off the mat. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. It's uh, yep. Bo- boxing is like the truth machine. You, you know it's the mean? truth machine. And it's, it's the absolute yeah, truth I'm, machine. I, I learn uh, I learn a lot from this this sport because um, when I think about the trials and stuff that I go through, mm-hmm. and then I watch fights like Diego Corrales and uh, <laughs> Luis Castillo, I'm like, I think I got, I think I got it pretty good. <laughs> With you know, with whatever stuff I'm going through, Jesus. If, I if mean, that's, if that's what I had, if, if that's what I had to do in my life to make a dollar, I mean, I, I don't know if I could. If I it's could impossible. It. It's impossible. Like Especially I remember, Buddy McGirt doing it for um, to make a living, but they're doing it for your entertainment. But Buddy McGirt, dude, he, exactly. They're doing it for your entertainment, and they're there to make a living. But I remember Buddy McGirt during the third Otero Gotti fight. Uh, with Mickey Ward says to him, Mickey, I'm sorry, uh, Turo goes back to Buddy McGirt in the corner and says, my arm is broken. My arm is broken. And he's like, Buddy says, what you want me to do? What you want me to do? And he's like, I want to keep going. He's like, okay, baby. And he just grabs his head, starts getting him going. What the fuck? You're dealing with Mickey Ward. You fought him three times in pretty much a 13 months uh, period. And now you got a broken fucking arm. Like, what sport? And then he goes down later. It's like what a what an amazing like you see Holyfield Bo, the first fight round ten. There's so many amazing things. Uh, Barrera Morales. What was it? Kev? Round seven, I think it was. That they had this amazing round where it was just like nonstop chaos, you know. And then there's honorable mentions, you know, like tons of them, like Diego Corrales, like you mentioned before, was uh, just an amazing, amazing. You know, he just had like remember Joe Goosen. You better get inside of him fucking right now with yeah. you know with the mouth. It's like I thought this yeah. is a movie, and that's why we like boxing people. Kevin, big ups, bro. This was yeah. awesome. Yeah, this was a great show, and um, hopefully in the next week or so we'll, we'll try to do a post fight on Canelo Smith. Hopefully that turns out to be great. Let's we'll do it, guys.